coming up. Let, let me ask you, is anybody going to be in heaven because of you? And not that you have power to say. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about because you stopped and loved somebody, told them about Jesus Christ, partook in the work of the, of the church so that the church can send out the gospel message. Somebody heard it because of your contribution. Whether it was your physical work, your funds, your, your, your talent, your gift, is anybody going to be there because of you? Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Here's a fact. Whether you see yourself this way or not, you are a leader. Have you identified those who are watching and following you? Join us for the continuation of the message series, Evidence of a Leader, where we'll look at leadership through the lens of God's Word. Here's Pastor Robert with part two of the message, The Rewards of a Leader. But Paul says, for me, there's a crown. There's a reward of righteousness that's stored for me <laughs> that I'm going to get when, when I get into the fullness of victory. So I've, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get victory over sin. Victory over sin. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if you get that. That's, all of us should be hungering for victory over sin. Uh, there's a few reasons why. Well, a few reasons is the Bible says and that the, 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 the wages of sin is death. So we should want victory over it. And, and, and God's going to give us complete victory over sin. I'll talk about that a little bit more later. The second area of victory is, number two, victory over death. Victory over death. Don't you want that? 1 Corinthians 15, 54 through 57 says, when the perishable has been clothed with, with the imperishable and the mortal with the immortality. What are you talking about? What are we talking about? I'm talking about your, 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 your mortal body, your body that you have now that will die. At some point, God's going to give us a body that will never die. It is going to be immortal. It reads on, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Verse 55, where, O oh death, is your victory? <laughs> Paul asks, where's your victory, death? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. So we see that we need to get victory over sin because uh, sin is the, is the sting of death. We get victory over sin, we get victory over death. That means a lot. And it goes on, it says, and the power of sin is, in, is the law, but thanks be to God who, who he gives us the victory through, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory over sin, victory over death. Look what James says about it. James 1.12, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test that that person will receive the crown of life 
that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Y'all see here, you, <clears throat> victory over sin is a crown of righteousness. Victory over death is a crown of life. <laughs> life overcomes death. Righteousness overcomes sin. So James tells us here that you're going to be tested, though. You're going to be tested. You're going to have some trials. He says, so you got to undergo your tests and undergo your trials, but you got to persevere so that you can get the crown of life that the Lord promised to those who love him. So I guess the question is, do you love him? Do you really love him? If so, God has promised you a crown of life. And then look what it says in Revelations 2.10. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Don't you want to be a leader? <laughs> The leader that God declares, because victors, crowns come. And the Bible tells us that we'll get the crown of life. And what does that mean? That means the fullness of life eternal. The fullness of life eternal. That crown of life, that means you never die. And you get it in its fullness. A third area of victory, a victory over anything that can cause discontentment, victory over anything that can cause discontentment. First Corinthians four five says, therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praises from God. Oh, <laughs> y'all hear what the text says? It says at that time when he comes to expose the, 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 the hidden darkness of the heart, and the motives of the heart, he says at that time, we will receive praise from God. Y'all must not be understanding this because somebody will be shouting right now because the Bible's saying that while, you know, we praise God and we want to praise God, the Bible's saying God's going to praise you. Do you understand? God's going to praise you. And here's the thing. Well, what does it have to do with contentment? Well, if God is praising me, if God is accepting me, stamping his approval upon me, I don't, anything else is, don't matter. <laughs> when God say, I'm happy with you, who cares about anything else? I mean, it's like, really? The creator of the heavens and earth, of the galaxies and the stars and the universe? He says, I'm happy with you? Who cares what Joe say? Who cares what I say? Who cares what anybody say? Who cares if I didn't send that order out on time? I mean, I mean, really, it's, if God's going to praise me, 
what I'm discontent about. Because the creator of all things is saying, I'm happy with you. God's going to praise you, he says, when Christ comes. Look here. Look at what it says here. It goes on. First Peter 5, 4 says, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. What? Y'all see here the chief shepherd. The chief shepherd, the good shepherd. A crown of glory that will never fade. Reward of the leader, of a leader. Matthew 25, 21, Jesus gave us a parable and told it like this. 25, 21, the parable of the talents. And as you guys know, he, was, he gave some talents, some five to one, two to another, and one to another one. Um, the five and the two person, they did all right. They did pretty good. Number one didn't do so good. So he, this is what Jesus said to, number, to the one that had the five and the two. Uh, Matthew 5, 25, 21. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. So if you're wondering, okay, I, I, I and again, we're talking about rewards of a leader. You're wondering, okay, what, what, what's going to heaven going to be like for me? Well, it depends how faithful you've been. <laughs> Look what it says. It says, it says, because you've been faithful over a few I'm going to put you in charge of many. So God's going to give us some assignments in heaven. And it's going to be relative to our faithfulness on earth. And then he goes on and says, come and share your master's happiness. This is what he said to the good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's happiness. If I get God's happiness... That's the end of discontentment. It's gone. It's, it's over. It's done. I, what, what, am I not, what do I have to be discontent about if God gave me his own happiness? See, this is why you, we hear often at funerals to say, it, when our loved one's gone, we're crying, we miss them and everything. But the truth is, if they died in Christ, if they could come back, they wouldn't. Okay, because they're getting the Lord's happiness. It's like, what you talking about? It's like asking somebody on earth, do you want to live, you know, in the slum or you want to live in Hawaii on the beach, by the beach? I mean, it's a no-brainer, right? If they, if they, 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 they died in Christ, if they could come back, why would you? And, and this is important for us to understand this. Because not only does it help us understand those of, of, of our loved ones who die in Christ and their, their, their present state, but it also helps us understand how deep and how powerful it was for Christ to leave there and come here <laughs> for you. Do you understand the weight of that? To give up what he gave up and say, I'm going to come down here where they're they basically going to kill me. And enjoy it, doing it, and do, and, and do it slowly. <laughs> you, know, you telling me you want me to leave heaven and go down there and die a slow, 
brutal, shameful death for them jacked up folk? And he said, yeah. And Christ said, I'll go. <laughs> so we got to understand <laughs> what heaven is like to, un- to even fully understand what Christ left to come and die for us. So he says, come and share in the master's happiness. Yeah. Yeah, if your loved ones could, they wouldn't. It's the master's happiness. That's why we used to sing that old song, you know, uh, this joy I have, the world didn't give it to me. <laughs> this joy I have, the world didn't give it to me. Yeah, we sing that, because this joy I have, it's the Lord's happiness. The world didn't give it to me. Yeah, and the world didn't give and the world Let's do that. Let's do that again. Let's do it again. I'm talking about the Lord's happiness. The Lord's happiness. This joy. This joy I have. Yeah. Where you get it from? The world. I didn't get it from the world. Oh, no. This joy I have. Yeah. Yeah. The world didn't give it. Let me tell you now. This joy. The world didn't give it. And the world can't take it away. And he says he's going to give us his happiness. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Paul goes on and says, 1 Thessalonians 2, 19 and 20. For what is our hope? He's he's talking about himself and those that were his folks, his co-working with him in ministry. What is our hope? our joy, our crown, in which we will glory in the presence of the Lord when he comes. Get that question. He says, what is our hope, our joy, and our crown that we will receive when in the presence of the Lord when he comes? Look what Paul says. He says, is it not you? He's talking to the church, the, the church he planted and started. Is not our joy, our hope, and our crown you? Indeed, he says, you are our glory and our joy. You understand what Paul's saying? Paul's saying the fact of you folk, the folk that I've influenced to have relationship with Christ, the folk I've been loving on, the folk I've been suffering for, been leading, you are our joy, our hope, and our crown. And it's what we're going to receive on that day when Christ returns, you. Let let me ask you, is anybody going to be in heaven because of you? And not that you have power to save. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about because you stopped and loved somebody 
told them about Jesus Christ, partook in the work of the, of the church so that the church can send out the gospel message. Somebody heard it because of your contribution, whether it was your physical work, your funds, your, your, your talent, your gift. Is anybody going to be there because of you? Well, somebody come to you and say, you know, back in so-and-so year, you gave me a, a Bible or you gave me a track. It took me about five years to read it, but I finally did. <laughs> and when I read it, something happened. I can't explain it, but something happened. And I just want to thank you for giving me that Bible, that track, or giving me that kind word and loving on me, taking me to church, whatever it is. Paul says, you, y'all folk, folks I've been leading, you're going to be my joy, my hope, and crown on that day. And this is not foreign from what Jesus says either. We're talking about joy that extends into eternity, that influences eternity. Uh, write this down. D, a, a reward of the greatest leader, Jesus Christ. A reward of the greatest leader, Jesus Christ. Number one, the, the, the complete salvation of his church. We declared in our first message that Jesus was the perfect example of a leader. And the Bible's going to tell us here, we're going to read in a second, that his reward, a, a reward for him, for being the greatest leader, is you. Look what the text says, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him. For the joy that was set before Jesus our Lord. What did he do for that joy? Joy, it says, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The joy that was set before him. And what is that joy? It's you, the church. It goes on, and so he tells us, he tells us, we read before, that so what he's encouraging us to do, you are my joy. You are the reason I died on the cross. You are the reason I endured the shame and the cross. And he's saying, run your race with, with perseverance. The one that's marked out for you, run it. Persevere through it. And that's so that my joy can be fulfilled. Verse 3 says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. Why? So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus says, look at me. Look at me looking at my joy. <laughs> look at me looking at the joy that I'm striving for. And my joy is your salvation. Watch me look at the joy, my joy, that I'm striving for. Watch me look at you being saved. 
because of me enduring the cross. Just look at me. Play it in your mind. Think about it. Imagine Jesus dying for you and him looking at the joy and it's you. Jesus looking at you. He's looking at you and he's saying, that's my joy. And he's taking a whipping. They're driving a nail in his head and he's saying, you're my joy, though. You're my joy. Uh, you're my joy. Uh, you're my joy, though. I'm, uh, I'm going to endure this because you're my joy. And I'm going to stick with it. And I'm going to stay here on the cross. You're my joy. I'm going to take this pain so that you don't grow weary and lose heart. I'm going to endure this so that you don't grow weary. That you don't give up. That you don't think it's over. That you don't cash in all your chips and say throw in your towel. He says I'm going to endure this. I'm not going to throw in the towel so that you don't throw in the towel so that you can be my joy. Just like Paul says, is not our joy you. So, <laughs> crown of life, crown of righteousness, crown of glory, crown of joy. So how should the church respond to all of this? Write that down. How should the church respond to all of this? Well, we will respond with praise and worship. I said we will <laughs> respond with praise and worship. Revelation 4, 10 and 11 says the 24 elders Okay, when, when you see that, understand that the 24 elders is representing the church. Okay, in the book of Revelation, the 24 elders is a representation of the church. So it says the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne. Get, this, get, the, get the imagery here. We talked about Crown of life, crown of righteousness, crown of joy. And the text is telling us the church will be laying that close crowns. Remember we said God's going to praise you. He's going to praise you. Well done. He's going to praise you. Well done. We're going to lay the crowns. At his feet, at the throne. That's how we're going to respond. And we're we talking heaven. We're talking when Christ comes back on that day. Okay. When God says, takes us into the fullness of victory, lay our crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will, they were created and have their being. So, Lord, yeah, you praise me, but I'm praising, I'm throwing it all back at you. <laughs> I'm giving, you gave me life. You gave me victory over sin and death. You gave me a crown of righteousness. I'm giving it back because you deserve all the praise. <laughs> That's how the church going to respond. With praise and worship. To our Lord. Savior Jesus Christ.
You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God, and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. But what was really striking about this encounter was not God's anger, but God's love. God deeply loves humankind. And he loves humankind today. He loved humankind when it was just two of them with the same love. Thank you for listening.